Hello and welcome to the Back to Basics Health and Fitness Podcast. This is the official podcast of Above Par Fitness Coaching. I'm your host, Peter Romaker, owner of Above Par Fitness and coach of athletes and everyday gym goers of varying goals. If you want to connect with Above Par Fitness on social media, you can find us on Instagram at above.par.fitness on TikTok at the same handle, above.par.fitness. Again, those both are all lowercase. And finally, on YouTube at Above Par Fitness, no dots or periods in there, and all lowercase as well. And of course, as always, if you're interested in one-to-one coaching, you can reach me through any of my social media accounts. Without further ado, let's get started. For our third episode in season one, we're covering training basics. We'll be talking about what it looks like to move from being a beginner in the gym, a beginning trainer to an intermediate um, trainer in the gym. So today we're going to specifically cover changes in training that you'll see when you move from beginner status to intermediate status, as well as changes in recovery. And I should note with regards to moving from beginner to intermediate status when it comes to training in the gym, usually we are a beginner for the first one or two years of uh, training in the gym. And after a couple of years of training, um, if you're you know consistently trying to learn and grow and improve, you'll move into um, that intermediate phase. So changes in training that we see, we'll talk about increasing volume, um, pushing closer to, and sometimes all the way to failure. We'll talk about um, changes in training split structure, um, looking at upper, lower splits, push-pull splits, and just uh, muscle group-specific splits as well. And we'll talk about um, the importance of still incorporating compound movements, and then just, of course, connecting with muscles. And on the aspect of changes in recovery for an intermediate trainer, we'll talk about myofascial tissue release, stretching, um, ice and heat for joints as well as for muscles, activity between our training sessions, as well as hydration. So let's get started here. With regards to changes in training, the first change that you'll notice as an intermediate trainer should be volume. We should see some increases in volume to provide additional stimuli for growth um, as our body adapts to the volume that we use when we're a beginner lifter. So usually we see some changes and increases in volume for those who are kind of in an intermediate training status and uh, want to continue their progression, continue their gains, and continue to increase muscle size or strength as well. So how do we increase volume? Well, there's a few ways to do it. Um, We can have more frequent training sessions in a given week. We can also do more exercises for each muscle group or just do more sets for exercises. So this will kind of be based off of um, what your needs are and what makes most sense with regards to um, the, the time that you have and the goals that you have as well for your physique. In addition, um, we'll start 
looking at uh, training to failure as an intermediate trainer. So we're going to be starting to train closer to failure and sometimes train all the way to failure because the human body adapts to the stimuli that we throw at it, kind of like we discussed with regards to volume. So we need new, novel, and more challenging stimuli in order to continue to make gains, whether it be training for strength or training for muscle size, hypertrophy. So we'll start to train closer to failure on more sets, which means that we'll be doing fewer reps in reserve on sets and on some sets, but not on all sets, um, start to train all the way to failure. And I think a good way to kind of start with training to failure is to um, train to failure on the final set of exercises that you're performing. And of course, as an intermediate trainer, we're going to see some changes in training splits. So kind of how we structure our training. So as an intermediate, we're going to be moving on um, or continuing an upper lower training split. Um, usually as a beginner, um, we start off with kind of a full body split um, about three days a week. And we might also move into an upper lower split as a, as a beginner. But the starting point for intermediate is an upper lower training split. And this can even translate over to advanced lifters depending on your needs. But upper lower split nonetheless is a good starting point, meaning you're training usually four times per week, doing two upper body sessions and two lower body sessions each week. Another way to kind of um, organize or structure your training as an intermediate is doing a push-pull split. So here you're able to train four to even six times per week if you can fit that into your schedule and you can recover from that uh, frequency of training. Um, in this structure, we're focusing on muscle groups in given sessions um, based off of their functions, so push or pull. So we might have a push session where we're focusing on chest, you know, pushing, doing a barbell pressing movement, for example, or shoulders where we might do like an overhead press, for example, um, or we might focus on muscles that do pulling motions primarily. Like if you're training back, you might be doing a pull up or you might be doing a barbell row where you're pulling the weight towards yourself to work the back muscles. Um, or, you know, even when it comes to legs, we basically do a number of different pulling motions when we're training hamstrings, for example. So if you're doing like an RDL, a stiff deadlift, you're bringing the weight down to the floor, almost to the floor, and then you're pulling back up towards the hamstrings, for example. And kind of similar concept with, you know, hamstring curls, we're pulling the weight um, with our hamstrings, not pushing it. So push-pull, split up the training sessions based off of the function of the muscles that we want to train. And then we can even get more advanced and we can go into muscle group-specific training splits. So with muscle group-specific training splits, again, this allows us to train four to six times per week. Again, if you can recover from that and fit it into your schedule. And here our training sessions are divided up by the muscle groups that each contains. And usually we'll target probably two to three muscle groups for a given training session, um, just so that we have enough 
nutrients available for recovery um, for the various muscles that we do hit in that training session. Next, um, we want to make sure as an intermediate trainer that we're honing our mind-muscle connection, so our ability to truly connect with the muscle and feel the muscle working during the sets we're performing. So we can work on this further and further improve our mind-muscle connection by finding tempos for exercises that work best for, for us to allow us to connect with our muscles well. So this can take some trial and error to figure out what works best for you and can vary from exercise to exercise as well. Um, the goal really is to get inside of the muscle and simulate the muscle fibers as much as possible. With regards to recovery, there are some changes that we want to make as intermediate trainers. Um, we're going to be training with greater frequency and uh, greater intensity than when we were uh, training as a beginner. So we want to make sure that we're implementing these recovery methodologies that we're going to talk about. Of course, these are beneficial to beginner lifters, but as we advance and as our training becomes more challenging, more frequent, more difficult, as we use heavier weights and use more intensity techniques, it becomes more important to implement various recovery methodologies to avoid injury and allow us to continue to make those gains that we want. So the first recovery methodology that we'll talk about is myofascial tissue release, which is abbreviated MTR. So we'll use MTR to basically break apart the fascia of the muscle, kind of the surface layer of the muscle. Um, this is helpful to ensure that the muscle is as elastic as possible. And it also thus makes it easier to perform full range of motion on exercises when the muscle is as elastic as it should be. And also means that we're less likely to incur injuries. Um, Myofascial tissue release also helps with the recovery of the muscles with breaking apart the fascia, allowing for nutrients to make their way in as well. We can use a foam roller or a rad rod for myofascial tissue release. And those tools basically put pressure on the muscles to help break apart that fascia. And if you're not familiar, a rad rod is basically like a, a solid rolling rod that you can roll on your muscles like you might see somebody using it on their quadriceps or on their hamstrings um, oftentimes. And if we need to, we can even use tools like a lacrosse ball or softballs to get deep into smaller areas where we feel more tension and tightness in the muscle and try to release the fascia of the muscle and sometimes, you know, even even deeper into the muscle to cause cause a release and just let the muscle relax. Stretching. So stretching is something that a lot of people don't necessarily do properly. Um, stretching post workout is the ideal way to perform your stretching or integrate it into your day. Doing so helps loosen up muscles, which reduces the risk of injury. And stretching post-workout also helps to eliminate or remove lactic acid from muscles after a workout, which means we'll reduce those achy and tired sensations that we can feel in muscles after workouts. 
So kind of uh, as we led into this with the recommendation here is to stretch after training sessions, or at least at some point between training sessions, um, but not too close to the beginning of your session. Ice and heat. So these are kind of not new, uh, definitely not new, but um, common ways to help bring about um, recovery that's desired based off of um, the training stimulus used and how we're feeling and the maybe a potential injury that may have resulted. So when we're talking about ice, um, ice is great for reducing long-standing or excessive inflammation. Um, this is with regards to muscles particularly. But we want to make sure that we're not icing our muscles within 24 hours of training as this negatively impacts the hypertrophy response that we want. And this is because inflammation is actually good to an extent. And um, post-training sessions within the first 24 hours, sometimes longer, it is necessary to signal the needed healing agents. So if we apply ice um, within 24 hours after a training session um, to the muscles, that's going to reduce the inflammation and the signaling that is sent to provide appropriate healing agents and nutrients that are needed for the muscle to recover and of course also grow larger or stronger, which is the adaptation that we're putting in all that work for. Heat. So heat is great for encouraging blood flow to muscles and joints and it can aid in recovery because getting blood to muscles and blood to joints is providing the nutrients that are needed for recovery. So recommendations here, <clears throat> use ice on joints immediately if an injury occurs um, to reduce inflammation and swelling. And of course, this is in the case of an injury to a joint. With regards to muscles, wait at least 24 hours following training a mus muscle to use ice. So we don't wanna blunt that hypertrophic response and the healing agents that come to the muscle to recover and grow larger. And we can also use heat on tight muscles post-workout to help them relax and loosen up. Activity. Okay, so in between training sessions, we should still be active. This is because Activity is necessary to keep blood moving to tissues, so our muscle tissues and our joints primarily is what we're thinking about here. And that blood, again, like we discussed, contains nutrients needed for recovery and growth. So some activity between training sessions is good. So that activity that you do between training sessions should be low impact. This could be walking or jogging, for example. And of course, it's also important to note that digestion is also aided by activity, which is helpful in keeping food moving for getting those nutrients needed for recovery. So it helps our body to process that food and get those nutrients into our bloodstream, which aids in recovery from the exercises that we performed previously. Uh, hydration, yes, another key to recovery. So first we'll kind of talk about the importance of hydration with regards to joint health. Um, so your body has a number of synovial joints. Um, the most well-known would be the knee joint. And synovial joints have a joint capsule, 
which contains synovial fluid, which cushions the joint during movement and activity. So proper hydration is necessary to ensure that synovial fluid levels in those joints are optimal for same functioning of the joint, which is, you know, of even greater importance when we're performing resistance training and we're doing activities um, using heavy loads on the joints. Of course, hydration is also important to maintain healthy blood volume for healthy blood pressure. And of course, like we talked about a number of times now, the distribution of nutrients via that blood. So the recommendation for hydration for men is four to five liters of water each day. Of course, that varies based off of your size and how much muscle mass you have in your activity level. And for a woman, about three to four liters of water each day. And again, that varies for the same reason that we described for men. So guys, those are kind of the changes that we expect to see with regards to training as well as recovery when you're transitioning from that beginner trainer status to an intermediate trainer in the gym. Again, if you guys have any questions, uh, feel free to reach out. You can reach me on all three of the uh, social media accounts that I have, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, and handles are on the screen. And for those listening, that would be above.par.fitness for Instagram, all lowercase. For TikTok, that would be above.par.fitness, all lowercase again, just like Instagram. And then YouTube is above par fitness, no dots, no periods, all lowercase. All right. Thank you for listening and uh, stay healthy and we'll talk again soon.